0: That's Daniel chapter two. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, may the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut to pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realise that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then... Tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king. There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night... The mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Then Daniel went to Ariok, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to them, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Ariok took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But... There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you are lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mystery showed you what is going to happen. As for me... This mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head and the statue was made of pure gold. Its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream and now we will interpret it to the King. Your Majesty, you are the King of Kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands, he has placed all mankind in the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron. For iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those those kingdoms and bring them to an end but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the King what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honour and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as chief ministers over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Um, Let's pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the God who delights to to make yourself known to us. So please open our eyes so that we can see the wonders of your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm I'm sure you are familiar with this experience where you woke up having had a very vivid dream. Uh, Sometimes it might be a very pleasant dream, but cut short. Someone or something noisy woke you up. Come on, I haven't finished my dream yet. (laughs) And you just wanted to go back to sleep, wishing that the sweet dream could be continued or have a sequel of some sort. But sometimes it might be a a nightmare. You woke up in terror uh, with cold sweat all over you. Perhaps it was something from before, something serious that had happened in your life that um, continue to, to trouble you or to haunt you. Or perhaps it was just because you watched a film that you shouldn't watch. Um, one type of dreams I absolutely hate is this. Uh, in my dream, I had such a clear train of thought. Uh, I knew exactly what I should be writing for my essays or for my sermons. and And I was like, yeah, this is it, I've got it nailed. Or sometimes it, it's a, a very beautiful tune. Uh, I was singing in my dream. I was like, I'm gonna, wake it up. I'm gonna wake up for sure. I'm gonna write that down. It's gonna be a, a brilliant praise song. And only after I woke up, uh, all the answers, all the tunes, they were all gone. Uh, I remember what my dreams was, was about. It was a very vivid dream. I, I knew what dream was about. Only I couldn't remember any of, any of the details. Uh, I wonder if King Nebuchadnezzar had a similar, very similar experience. It it was a dream that really haunted him. It was so vivid, yet he couldn't quite articulate what the dream was. Maybe he forgot, he just didn't admit, but we don't know because the Bible didn't tell us. Uh, But he knew it was a very important dream. And now this dream woke him up and troubled him and that he couldn't sleep until he gets an answer and we were told in Daniel chapter 2, it was God who revealed something important now Corinne read so wonderfully for us, and this is a, a long chapter like I said earlier so I'll try not to retell the story uh, no, uh, no will I try to cover everything in it but let's just focus on the rock, because it come it came up so, so frequently uh, the rock that um, mentioned in in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So we'll cover, we'll we'll talk about the rock a little bit from verse 31 onwards. Uh, We'll talk talk about where it came from, what does it do, and what's that to do with us. Uh, Firstly, the rock which was cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. Uh, Usually I'm one who's quite skeptical when it comes to hearing people trying to give interpretation to biblical prophecies or or dreams especially those that haven't happened yet but here in daniel chapter 2 the four kingdoms the four empires have already been identified and the majority of the biblical scholars will all agree on this Uh, it's, it's also relatively easy for us looking back retrospectively uh, the kingdom of Babylon of Nebuchadnezzar gave way to the middle Persian and the middle Persians were replaced by ancient Greece and then came Rome uh, the iron and clay mixture it does sound a bit like concrete doesn't it if there's a builder or architects among amongst us the Roman Romans subjugated so many peoples, so many people groups and, and then tried to assimilate them, assimilate all their cultures, but then it all got mixed up together. And have, you, have you heard of this famous saying of Horace, the poet? And I'll try not to say that, it's too wordy. But basically he described how the Romans conquered Greece and occupied their land but the Greeks conquered and occupied the minds of the Romans. Making sense? So, so the iron and clay mixture. But what, what about all the other great empires around that wasn't mentioned? What about those came after the Romans? Some of you might might ask. Well, th- those four kingdoms represent, represented by, by the statue in the king's dream, was all God had revealed to him. So it would be to speculate if we were to, to go further, and it isn't helpful. Because in this vision, after the reve- revealing those four kingdoms, God then drew our attention to the rock. So that's all he revealed. So rather than guessing around what God didn't say, we should just restrict ourselves to what God has revealed to Nebuchadnezzar and to Daniel. Verse 34 tells us a rock was cut out of a mountain, not by human hands. And this is the climax of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Uh, This was an obvious contrast to the statue, which was obviously man-made, because it's a statue. Uh, For as long as we could trace back in human history, we see how kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall, you see new leaders rise uh, to power to replace the old, whether by succession or by revolution or by, or through a military coup or, or they're just simply being voted in. You could say they're all, they, they all got their power and their position. They got their kingdom through human hands. But this rock came to being not by human hands. Daniel was was actually not the first to mention about this rock. Before Daniel's time, the rock had been used to speak of one who would arise from the tribe of Jacob to save God's people. And, And this rock described in Genesis as the rock of Israel, the shepherd came from the hand of the mighty one of Israel. Sound familiar? When the Roman Empire was pretty much at its high point, a young virgin had had an angel visiting her. And she was told that she would have a son and that his name would be Jesus. Come on, don't be shy. Uh, And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And his kingdom will never end. But how could this be? This little girl asked. Since I'm a virgin. And you all know the rest of the story. The angel essentially affirmed this young girl, Mary, that God will do it. It's not of human hands, God will do it. When Jesus started proclaiming the gospel, his signature message was this, the kingdom of God is near. And he proclaimed, he claimed to be the good shepherd. And he even used the rock and stone references on himself. So Jesus was, and he still is, the rock that was cut out of a a mountain. And not by human hands, which take us to our second point, because He is the rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold to pieces. When, when Jesus finally came, he was amongst people living as one of us, preaching the good news, urging people to repent and turn to God, proclaiming that the promised kingdom is near. He is that rock which would fill the earth. He is that rock from which the new eternal kingdom would be established. But Jesus was was amazed by the stubbornness of the teachers of law because they were supposed to recognize who Jesus is with all the miracles he has done and the promises of God from the Old Testament he has fulfilled. So, so Jesus quoted from the Old Testament, saying that the stone will be rejected, but would nevertheless become the chief cornerstone. And Jesus also said, on this rock, I will build my church. Interesting, isn't it? With all those references, he was reminding people of what Isaiah prophesied about the rock how it would become a holy place for some, but a rock of offence for others. It would cause some to stumble and to be broken. Here's the strange bit. Jesus' winning strategy is so unconventional. He did not come with great military power to topple the Roman Empire just to free his people temporarily but instead with his own life. He died on the cross for the sins of all humankind because the consequence of sin is death. So he didn't want to just free the people he tried to free temporarily. Jesus died and he, he rose from the dead, proving that he has power over sin, over death. And by doing so, he dealt the final blow that would crush all the all the authorities that enslaved God's people, including the reign of Satan, so that God's people could be truly free, to be eternally dwelling in God's forever kingdom. And this is what it means, was, God is telling us that He sets kings up and takes them down, and that He has already set up in Christ's death an eternal kingdom over the whole earth. Unlike what Daniel said about King Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, after you, there will be this kingdom. And after that kingdom, there's another. Uh, with King Jesus, there will never be an after you because his rule is eternal. In Jesus Christ, we have a ruler that will never come off the throne. Uh, sometimes people argue that if jesus is called the son of god who was sent by god surely he's less than god the father have you heard of that argument sometimes Uh, but verse 35 tells us that the rock which was cut out of a mountain became a mountain that fills the whole earth and it will stand forever This past Tuesday, you might have heard Birmingham City Council declared itself bankrupt. And yesterday, we heard the news of the earthquake in Morocco that killed thousands. Our days will come to an end, just like King Nebuchadnezzar. We don't know when it will come. We're finite beings, and there's no telling what will happen to you or I tomorrow. But can you imagine if you are part of the indestructible kingdom of God? Verse 44 You are a resident of, of this unmovable mountain. How secure would that be? You are in it forever. Your time will not come to an end, no matter what happens. You, you will never be shaken. Finally, in the end of verse 45, Daniel tells the king that his dream is true and the interpretation Daniel gave him is trustworthy. Uh, The usual way of understanding this passage is that the dream showed Nebuchadnezzar that God was in charge and could destroy him for his many evil actions. But when you read the story over and over, you can't help but to notice this. That the dream was meant to announce to Nebuchadnezzar the good news. The good news of his own rule, as as we read before. You know, Daniel described that his kingdom was the head made of pure gold. That was a good news. But more importantly, the very good news, the better news of God's coming kingdom. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, tells us that our God is not a God who wants anyone to perish but He wants everyone to come to repentance. I think here in Daniel we're giving a prime example of how God wants everyone to be saved, even bad people who we think should just perish. Uh, the fact that God revealed His plan to King Nebuchadnezzar first shows us that God wants everyone to know His plan. You see, this vision was given first to the king, not to Daniel. It was given first to the person responsible for taking God's people captive. How how cool is that? Daniel introduced his God, who is the revealer of mysteries, to Nebuchadnezzar. And in, in the New Testament, we see that Jesus is God's mystery revealed. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, just a quick example, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So God's mysteries are not meant to confuse or scare us, but to inspire us, to, to give us hope for his purposes. Our God is not a hidden or distant God, but he is one who reveals his secrets to those who seek and trust him. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. How did King Nebuchadnezzar respond to that? Verse 47. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. Uh, The famous French mathematician, Blaise Pascal, Uh, he's a Christian, believe it or not. Uh, He he once described that there's a a God-shaped hole in each person's life, which only God can fill. But the problem is, we don't know that hole exists, unless God takes the initiative to reveal it to us. Maybe some of us here still some some, some, some some of us here still have lots of questions. You might have been wondering and thinking about the whole God thing, or, or the meaning of life, or you might have other burning questions that bugs you so much. May I encourage you to seek answers like King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, All the way back to verse 1. Verse 1 says, His mind was troubled. The original word for mind is spirit. It's very interesting. His spirit was troubled. He could not rest until he gets his answer. The angst that he had, the, the sense of urgency. Jesus said, seek and you shall find. God is a God who reveals mysteries. So may I, may I encourage you to pray to him and ask him to make himself known to you if you still are not sure about him. If you are following Jesus already and you know, you know the God you believe is real, but when things got tough, you might be scared you wonder how is it possible for you to move on please remember your god my god our god is the god whose kingdom fills the whole earth he is in control he can help you so seek his help also please please remember you are not alone one of devil's tactics is to make people feel lonely, that they are on their own. Well, Daniel, when he heard about this trouble, this, this trouble that came, he got together with his friends. He wasn't dealing with it by himself. He got his friends together, and together they, they sought God's help and pleaded for mercy so that he and his friends' lives might be spared you can do the same As Christians You also know the gospel message You believe is true And trustworthy It has been revealed To you already In fact It is through this message Your lives were saved So now you hold this good news The, the gospel that's true And trustworthy Would you hold fast to it even if others started to to water down the truth, even if they started to twist the truth, would you hold fast to it, no matter the cost? Would you boldly proclaim it and leave the result to God, just like what Daniel did? When Daniel went in to tell the king the meaning of his dream, he had no control of how the king might respond his explanation. But he he still went in. Daniel's job was to simply tell it to the king. Tell it truthfully and tell it faithfully. Let's pray. heavenly father thank you that you are indeed the revealer of mysteries and you make your mysteries known to us through your holy spirit thank you that you have not withheld any good thing from us to show us your love you even sent your son jesus to die for our sins while we were still sinners so that through him we can know you and enter your eternal kingdom. Would you help us to continue to grow in our knowledge of you so that we can know you better, love you more, and trust you more, and give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.